Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. This is your host, Christina Orlova. Here we will talk about all things OCD. For more information and to contact me with questions, you can go to www.coreresults.com. That's K-O-R-Results.com. Hi, and welcome to OCD Whisperer Show. Today with me, I have Krista Reed. And Krista is a mental health clinician in Wichita, Kansas, who specializes in OCD, BFRBs, and BDD. Krista was diagnosed with OCD and excoriation disorder in 2007 and struggled finding help in her community. During this challenge, she herself became a train, uh, became trained in treating OCD and other related disorders. She's also an advocate in her community of proper treatment and education about OCD and other related disorders. In 2021, she founded the ICT OCD Alliance, which is a grassroots alliance group of therapists who treat OCD and other related disorders. The focus of the alliance is to spread awareness in the Wichita community to suffer so they can find help sooner and get the proper treatment that they deserve. Krista also provides presentations in her community to end the stigma of these disorders. She also became an advocate for the IOCDF in 2022. Welcome to the show, Krista. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, part of kind of what you and I talked about in doing this episode today is, you know, there's a lot of talk about inference-based CBT, um, ERP Act, but for this show you know, one thing is that you and I were both in a training for ICBT. We we're also in this other um, weekly kind of general group in Facebook with ICBT. Mm-hmm. And we kind of connected and talked about what would it be like to share um, on an episode about what it's like as two clinicians who have OCD and specialize in treating OCD, learning this modality. That's a lot of acronyms. <laughs> yeah, that sure is. That sounds like a loaded episode, but here we go. Here we go. You know what? Buckle up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to, you know, I want to start by asking you a question for just for yourself. You know, what has the process been like? Like how long have, have you uh, been doing this training um, and learning about this modality and, and and how has the process gone so far? Oh boy. Uh, just, just strictly with ICBT, I'm assuming mm-hmm. is what you're asking. Yeah. I found out about it through, I think like a lot of us have found out about it through word of mouth. And I joined the ICBT Facebook group I think it was in May is when I joined it. And then, of course, it seems like everything just kind of follows as join the group, read about it, bought the manual, uh, tried to watch as many videos and have as many discussions as possible. And even though the intervention's not new, there's not really a training for it, as you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners may or may not be aware of that. So we're just really kind of finding a way of, you know, how can we support each other and how can we learn about this? And, uh, it, and I'm not going to lie, like, you know, this is October. I feel like I'm still so green about it and still trying to make so many different things click, but yeah, found out about it word of mouth, joined the Facebook group. And here we are today having a chat about it. Yeah, totally. Um, what would you say is, um, have, have you been using it like for yourself or with your clients? Both. I actually, so, you know, in our, uh, in our training group with Gina and Brittany, uh, 
Brittany had, well, I think Gina did too. They both had recommended that if you have OCD, try doing the modules uh, for yourself. Yeah. And I actually, uh, I've been delaying that. And I think I've been delaying that because it's hard. It's, it's, you know, it's a whole level of self-disclosure and vulnerability and kind of calling out some of your BS, if you will. (laughs) And so I picked a really tough one, a really, really tough one, one that has been very, very challenging and it deals with relationship obsessions. Mm-hmm. And I got all the way to, I'm working on module 11, working on the real self right now. And I'm not going to lie, like doing this kind of stuff, it, it's such a different feeling doing ICBT with one of your obsessions than ERP because ERP, I felt like the, the, the gut punch happened in the exposure and then it kind of dissipated. It kind of just went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about the gut punch with ICBT is, is lasting longer because I think that because it is a cognitive intervention, I feel like I'm, and it's not rumination, but I really feel like I'm processing it so much more deeper and on such a complex level. I'm curious, you know, what you would have to say about that. If you, if you've also experienced that, you know, if, if you've done it on your own. OCD. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I've, I've, so interestingly enough, similarly, I've been, you know, through the, the Facebook group, through that consultation, um, continuing con- uh, case consultations, um, and really kind of taking it and bringing it to my clients and kind of letting them know, mm-hmm. here's something new, like I'm, I'm in the process of learning it. If you're open to, you know, together, you know, we let's, let's try this. And a lot of folks have been very open, which has been really wonderful and very graceful with, you know, understanding that, you know, we're, we're still kind of in learning and training mode with this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say now that I've been putting it in action for, I'd say about two and a half to three months. um, Yeah. You know, going over it and over it and over it. I feel like there's a deepening that's happened. And what I found is um, it, the, the thing for me in this model, you know, initially, I'll be honest, like everybody else, I was like, are you sure this is not just rumination or I'm not going to be somehow yes. just like um, yes. making myself feel better about that? Oh, no, it's not mm. a big deal. Like, hmm, you know, so I was very much conflicted. And as, mm. you know, we got into the modules, I have to say, I've had to listen to to them a couple of times to kind of grasp what we're actually talking about, to understand the construct of that it's reasoning distortions, just like cognitive distortions yeah. and, and how's reasoning different than cognitive distortions or thinking. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, finding that really connecting to my vulnerable self theme, that fear itself, that really helped to plug into all the different kind of tentacles of where that comes from um, or why certain yeah. things are more you know, my, my, more of my, my vulnerabilities or my insecurities. Um, and mm-hmm. then being able to truly recognize, I think the other key thing that stood out that I've been using for myself is more of like, wait a minute, when I start to get absorbed, I literally will pause and go, wait a second, wait a second. Okay. Where are you, where are you getting this from? Hold on, hold on. And so really mm-hmm. making myself stop and time out and check in, like, you know, I think that's the other piece that's been a very kind of st- stuck with me is, you know, are you seeing with your iris or with your mind's eye? 
Um, mm. And kind of, you know, like I had, you know, I have our OCD and perfectionism OCD and this whole need to know and understand. Like, I didn't even know half of these things were a thing, you know, for a while, of course. Sure. <laughs> but like, I think there's a piece there where I, when I start to kind of go in, I'll recognize oh, I'm doing that thing again. And I'm again going into a well, this could be, this could be a fact, this could be a truth, that could be a truth, and I'm doing a lot of that could be maybe inner dialogue with possibilities. And sometimes it's been easier to recognize that and kind of come back to, no, what's actually happening is this, this, and this, like that, that's literally what you have from your sensory information. That's what you know, that's Mm -hmm. it. Right. And, and other times I'll be honest, I've had, I've, I, I would get a little stuck and I'd have to kind of work a little extra to connect and really stay in the present moment just because it can feel so powerfully like you just feel like you're going to pull like oh and you got to just really stay with it Mm -hmm. um and so sometimes it's been a little bit yeah I've had to put a little extra effort in um but I will say globally yeah it's like a suddenly a whole different layer of awareness opened up and it's it's really nice I think for me, there's more of a blending where like sometimes I'll kind of pull in the values with the act model. Sometimes I'll do a little more exposure piece. Other times I'll mm-hmm. kind of lean on the ICBT. So I, I'm noticing that even being having that flexibility to move between those has been really quite cool. Yeah. And that's something I've noticed uh, in utilizing that with my practice. I have, because uh, I'll give my clients an option. And <clears throat> I think right now I have about four or five clients who are consistently for the past, kind of like you when we started the group in August, who have consistently been doing ICBT. And the the growth feels different. Do you get Mm -hmm. that impression too versus Mm -hmm. your ERP clients? Uh, And I I don't say, like, I'm not a purist. I'm not at all. Like, if I'm doing ERP, it's not just ERP. It's going to be thrown in some act. And if I'm doing some ICBT, probably also going to be doing some act or some ERP or something like that. Like I'm not, it's not totally 100% pure by any means. And the conversations with my ICBT folks, it's just, it's just different. And there's just something about it that I, and I, and I really truly think it's because it's a cognitive part and because we, we aren't fighting against the OCD that it, we, we really are, and this is something I'm curious what you have to think about, you know, working on the differentiation of the disorder, which so does ACT and so does ERP. I mean, that's a huge part of it. There's something so different about the way ICBT does it is, you know, calling it you know, the feared self or the vulnerable self and really calling it kind of out so early on before you really get into the treatment I mean, my clients are here for it. They absolutely love that. And you don't always get that super early on with ERP and ACT. You you work on separating it, but the connection is just, it feels a lot early. Are you getting kind of that impression as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's exactly right. And I think one of the things with inference-based CBT is the word inference, right? And recognizing that there is, in fact, a very, very powerful inferential confusion mm-hmm. that's happening. And and, yeah. and And I think part of... What I find is a little bit of kind of a sense of relief that there's a model that we can actually take to really look behind the curtain because, you know, as somebody with 
with OCD and working with the amount of people I've worked with, you know, um, I think sometimes there still kind of can be this this thing that's left over that people often describe where it's like, oh, but I still kind of, I'm still kind of in my head. Maybe I don't say it out loud or I'm not really compulsing mm-hmm. as much, but I'm still thinking a certain way. And that's been an interesting element to uncover and kind of go a little bit further with, with folks and recognize where, where, where people can, can get stuck and really learning how to discern between, right? Like when I'm calm and how I think is more grounded and I am actually in reality, I'm here I'm right now and, and I'm actually yeah. thinking through things totally fine. There's no issues. But the moment there's a trigger, suddenly that exact process gets flipped to something, something about it, you know, goes a little bit awry and it still looks and sounds like it's the same process, but it's not, we're a little off. And so, you know, I find that this model really helps um, identify that. What is it that happens in that moment that you suddenly, you know, you're using analysis, you're using your judgment, but it's not quite accurate. It's a little off. It's Mm -hmm. like, it looks like the thing, but it's not the thing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I found that that this model really helps identified, gives language to things. Um, And and of course, as humans, part of learning is when we can name it and, and, and categorize it in some ways, it helps us to, to understand and kind of grasp it and know, okay, this goes here. Oh, that, that's that thing there. Yeah. Uh, so we can call it out. Yeah. I'm curious just in your experience, uh, because you've having OCD, you've been, you know, facilitating, utilizing ERP and act and so forth and learning this, uh, new modality. I wonder at, and, and at, maybe, maybe it's there, maybe it isn't the point that it just clicked for you or has it, I mean, yeah, you know, like... yeah, I, I think I'll be honest, for the most part, I feel like conceptually it's all clicked and, and yeah. I get it. I think there's times where experientially, because OCD can be so loud, uh, and can sometimes, and it depends on the trigger, right? I think for any one of yeah. us listening, if, you know, if you're having a trigger that's, you know, more mild or moderate or medium kind of level of intensity, it can be a little easier sometimes to tolerate things or kind of discern. But when we're talking about something that suddenly gets really activated and you're kind of really up there, you know, it can be a little difficult. So I think in in the experience of those moments, I think it's just that practice. And, mm-hmm. and with that practice comes that thing where, you know, I've noticed that I still sometimes can can get a little absorbed so it's not like it, it, it's a zero. It's not like I, I suddenly don't get, get absorbed. And that's what I want everybody yeah. to, you know, listening, understand, like when whatever treatment you get, even if you get all the treatment possible for OCD, it doesn't negate the <laughs> fact you're still going to get triggered because that's just life. Like you, you're living with something that's happening in your brain, your brain the way that your brain functions when you have OCD. Mm-hmm. So you're still going to have triggers, but the difference is, you know, even if you get sucked in and you're triggered, but what's different is I can catch it faster. Like, oh, oops, I'm I'm doing I'm compulsing, or oh, oops, I just got sucked in, and so then mm-hmm. I can more quickly kind of realign myself and do the work I need to come back. Um, so that's the piece I've noticed. It's not like that completely goes away, and I think that's normal, you know, yeah. in kind of recovery. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and I'll say I I I I completely align with what you're saying. I feel that the uh, the concept of ICBT, it makes sense. Um, I get it. I comprehend it. Uh, and, and yet there are some subtypes, some obsessions, or even, even some of the modules, I kind of have to sit back and 
read again and again, you know, watch the videos, watch the videos that of the training we attended, watch the videos that are on the website, talk with other clinicians, uh, because there are some pretty significant pieces that are very different than ERP. And ERP has been so substantial in my own recovery. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how substantial it's been in my clients' recoveries for years. Yeah. And so to tell me that there's this model that doesn't focus on uncertainty. When I first found that out, <laughs> I was kind of like, shut the hell up. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a cute idea that you have thought there. And the more I learn about uh, just, just everything, you know, um, inferential confusion, when that clicked, I felt, I, I felt like my third eye opened. I felt <laughs> like there was just so much because it just, it just made sense. And then, uh, and then you really can get some, uh, some amazing, amazing work done. I will say it's, and I think this is probably the same with everything. It's way easier to do this on my clients than myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is, is also, kind of the work in general, right? Anytime when you're actually Mm -hmm. working on addressing something, it's, it's once you bring your awareness and you have now that knowledge, um, that's it. It's like this other opening that suddenly becomes available to you. And now you recognize, Oh, I have choice or I have choice in this way, um, that I before just didn't, didn't even really know, wasn't really aware of. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, you know, one thing I, at least I want to say is that, you know, I really am a fan of all the, the therapeutic modalities. I wouldn't say I, you know, that I would pick one over the other. I think all of them are wow. extremely valuable. I think they all offer different angles and really, at least for me in my personal life, I'll say, you know, now having all three that I work off of and integrating them more so I mean ICBT is you know still kind of integrating it but the other ones yeah. you know it's just kind of a way you live once you kind of learn them um mm-hmm. I think is a really really powerful kind of they're very complementary all of them are very complementary exactly and I I could not agree more I really don't think it is do you do ERP do you do act do you do ICBT it's not an or it's really you know an and right you know do you do ERP and this? Do you do ACT and this? Do you do ICBT and this? Because even though there are some very significant differences between the three modalities, you're right. They they can live together. They can be roommates and they can really <laughs> get along. And what we're seeing is, uh, and I'm, I'm going to throw out one of the modules here, and this is actually a module I do with all my clients. They don't even know it's ICBT, is we're opening up so many more doors because we have accepted that there's not just one way to treat this disorder. We're not limiting ourselves. We're not limiting our practice. We're not limiting what recovery and what treatment our clients can have. And one of my very favorite modules is module two, the Mm -hmm. logic quote unquote logic behind OCD for me. And I've heard this from other clinicians. That was really the module that, and it sounds silly because it was super early on. That was the module that just sucked me in because so many times people want to personalize their OCD, which is not out of the question. 
you know, this is our mind and we're living until you really have a medical professional explain this to you. You really, truly think something is off Mm -hmm. and you really, truly feel isolated. Mm -hmm. And when you have, you know, when, when it's explained to you how tricky and smart and clever OCD is, and here are the quote unquote logical reasons how it hooks you. It just connects and it takes away for, for me. And I'm seeing it with my clients. It takes away that shame. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I'm seeing is that for the, for the first time, people are actually taking a moment to really um, also get out of kind of this autopilot mode and really become mm-hmm. more conscious and more aware of like, Oh yeah, wait a minute. What is actually driving it? How not dismissing that thinking, um, yeah, because that thinking isn't disappearing suddenly. It's more like, no, let's understand um, what that is, right? And how 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 are you using data and information? Is it really mm-hmm. used the way it's meant to, or is it not? Um, but I think you're right. Yeah, it takes away also a lot of that shame and just understanding that, like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, this sounded so reasonable mm-hmm. <laughs> and so logical, but like, oh, wait a second. Like that information is coming from OCD land. Uh, yes. Right. Not, not here and not now. And the goal, I think with all the modalities is really response prevention ultimately, right? It's it's yeah. ultimately to help you, you know, give up your OCD stories, give up the, the compulsions and, and really live, truly live your life. Yeah. And and you, you completely just nailed it right there. They all have the same goal. They all have the same goal. They just say it differently. It's all response prevention. Yeah. ERP is the one that may have the, you know, that part of the acronym. They all have the same goal. They're all in it together. And sure, I, I'm not a researcher. I can't, I really don't have time to read every single piece of research. Uh, if I did, I don't know how I could have a life. Let's be honest. A lot of stuff out there. I'm, I, I imagine that maybe out of the three, maybe one of them is more effective. I have absolutely no idea. However, that does not mean that that is going to be the most effective modality for every single person. So it is so just spectacular to have this tool in my toolbox because absolutely I've had clients who act then work out. Uh, ERP, absolutely not. And it's kind of like before I learned about this, it was you just kind of shrug your shoulders like, better luck next time. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Here's TMS. And mm. we don't have to go that route. We don't have to go to this extreme. Uh, who, who wants to have that procedure done? Yeah. Yeah. For I, sure. I, yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. some people might need it, but um, yeah, to your sure. point, it's just having, having options, having another options, having another option, excuse me. And, and just knowing mm-hmm. that um, it, it does there is research behind it that does show that there is efficacy that so that you can have mm-hmm. some confidence, I think as a clinician that like, yes, I can actually do this. Um, and yeah. And I think, you know, to anybody listening, I mean, I, I just want to say this episode is kind of unique and special and different because, you know, you have two clinicians and, you know, 
two, two females who are, you know, having OCD and at the same time, we're having a pretty vulnerable, open discussion about, you know, some oh, yeah. of the stuff of, you know, <laughs> kind of stuff we're kind of thinking and going through. But I, I think it's valuable to hear that, you know, therapists are also people like we're also yeah. humans and, you know, and we're, we're learning something new, you know, initially, just like for anybody, it can feel disorienting and you can have questions, but then it's like, oh yeah, wait a minute, let's, let's stay open ourselves and, and kind of keep going on this journey and see what happens. And, you know, and then once you learn it, you're like, oh my gosh, okay, now I see it completely differently. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we ask of our clients too, to, to stay with that journey um, and really continue to discover things for yourself and, and that, you know, you're just able and capable of doing so much more than you think. Yes, absolutely. And Eric, you're talking about vulnerability. I want to get vulnerable, even more vulnerable, because I, I, I can laugh about this kind of stuff now in the moment when you're dealing with that obsessional doubt, when you're dealing with something mm-hmm. not super funny at that time. Uh, but were you, at, were you at the conference in Denver this past summer? I was not. You were not. Shoot. Hopefully next year. Hopefully you'll be able to make it to San Francisco. I guess it's. I am in San Francisco, low, so I'll definitely so yeah. be there. <laughs> like after I said that, I was like, "She's there!" <laughs> oh so, yay! Well, uh, Mike Hetty de- gave uh, one of my favorites at the conference. It was uh, OCD rebuttals. It was great, uh, great present. I mean, great panel. Just awesome. Uh, he didn't call it ICBT, but those of us who work becoming familiar or already familiar with it. We were like, we'll see what you're doing there. Very clever. Well, he did a bridging metaphor or bridging, uh, not metaphor, but a mindful activity with all of us. And I had never done the bridging thing prior to this moment. And, you know, he had everybody in the audience close their eyes and imagine themselves on a bridge and, you know, looking at the both sides, of course, you know, now we know that that is like one could be like OCD land and then the other is going to be your real self, the reality or whatever. Well, in that moment, my OCD was like, nice try. Nice try, Mike Hetty. Who do you think you are? You don't know me. And so the bridge that and it's actually ironic, San Francisco, the bridge that my brain went to was the Golden Gate Bridge. Hmm. I don't know why. And something the Golden Gate Bridge is incredibly unfortunately known for is the high suicide rate. Yes. And in that meditation, my brain's reality, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. was you're in the Golden Gate Bridge and you're going to kill yourself. He's Mm -hmm. trying to do this nice meditation with you and you want to kill yourself. Mm -hmm. And then and that was and that was when he was talking about this is your real self this is what's going on and OCD was just being you know it's sneaky little self and and he's like okay now I want you to cross over to the other side or uh sorry uh go look at the other side the other side is imagination it's fantasy well in this case I was like yeah I want to go over there I want to go over there because this side this reality side that my brain lied to me about that this was a reality side this is the side I'm on the Golden Gate Bridge and I'm going to jump off and plummet to my death. This other side, this imagination side, I'm going to hop on that. That sounds great. And when we all came to and everybody's like, oh, it was so nice. It was, it was nice to not get stuck in OCD. I'm sitting there like, cool. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. My brain totally destroyed that. And so I think that that is even, you know, a, a really neat reminder 
that when we're teaching these techniques to these clients, we have no idea at any given point where their brain is going to go, where their brain is going to attach it to. I was in Denver. I had nothing to, and I live in Kansas. I have nothing to do with the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Why in the world that's where my brain went? And he's not like he gave me any other prompt. prompt. He just said, think of a bridge. OCD. I got one. And this is the one you're going to die on. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I mean, it was immediate. When people talk about, you know, your automatic thoughts and automatic OCD thoughts and so it was so immediate. And so the other land that he was describing, that sounded way better because. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what I you're know. talking about also, again, like, right, about how OCD, kind of one of the tricks, right, how it hooks you in is that you you think that you're in reality and you get further absorbed mm-hmm. into it. But if, but again, like, like I said earlier, are you actually seeing with your iris and your eyeball? Or are you seeing with your mind's eye, right? Like, cause that, yeah. that statement really just stuck because that's that piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I'm going in my mind, that example you're giving, right? And I'm seeing myself on that bridge and I could die versus if I see out of my eyeball while well, I'm at a conference in Denver. And that's not happening. And for that to happen, Mm -hmm. I'd have to actually get on the plane, go to San Francisco, grab a, you know, Uber, Lyft, whatever, something, some transportation to get to the bridge. It's like, hold on a second. There's several things that have to happen for that to become a reality. (laughs) Um, And so, again, we we get lost in that and we confuse that. for reality, yeah. right? We'll 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 start to distrust ourselves and what is actually happening, and just keep kind of you know creating more and more of these stories, and get more and more absorbed. Yeah. Um, well, I I want to say thank you so much for that vulnerable share. Thank you for coming on and discussing all this. Um, yeah. I think you know it. So two things. One is uh, if anybody wants to find you, how can they find you? So I'm on Instagram at uh, at anxiously balanced. Beautiful. And that would probably be the easiest way to, to find me. Okay, great. And uh, what would be um, some words of hope or wisdom you'd love to leave people with? Some words of hope or wisdom. I, I'm trying to think of something that has never been said before. Something a little bit clever and creative in my brain has just gone dry, I suppose, which is funny because it usually, well, I guess it does that sometimes. Never stop learning, as silly as that might sound, because, you know, you and I are, we're talking about, we're being vulnerable about our own OCD, and we're learning something new. It's not easy having a mental illness. It's not easy being a therapist, being a therapist with a mental illness, and also treating that same mental illness that you have, and learning something new. That's super, super tough. Uh yeah, never stop learning and never stop exploring because that's where our real growth begins. It sucks, it's hard, but that's really where we grow. I love that. That's beautifully said. Thank, thank you for you. coming on the show, Krista. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you have any questions you want me to answer in future podcasts or any other comments, you can go to coreresults.com backslash contact backslash. That's Core results, K O R R E S U L T S dot com backslash contact.